What is up, you beautiful creatures? Thank you, and welcome to episode number five of Alliance Pride. Uh, I had the honor and really the privilege to sit down with my friend Michelle and really conversate with her and go in a deeper level. And I'm just so proud of her, and I'm so honored to have her as the first female in the in the podcast. Um, really, I hope you guys, you know, can listen to it and and really relate to it and and understand really what she's doing and what she's achieving with uh, her career and really as an influencer as well. So again, my podcast is not always about really fitness and lifestyle, but it's also to just relating to people's stories. You know, my, some stories might be sad, some stories might be serious, some stories might be funny. And again, and, and it's not just, it's all about really relating to that person so i hope you guys understand that um and, and again any questions any feedback you can always email me at unleashfit at gmail.com or you can always find me at unleashfit on instagram uh if you guys have any questions for any of the guests i'm gonna be doing probably episode number 10 will be a q a where questions that will be asked i will send an email to all the guests and then they can answer them uh, to you guys uh, again there's always improvement for better episodes and more content and this is a working process and there there's always room for improvement but overall thank you very much guys for everything and i hope you enjoyed this episode and i'll see you guys and i'll hear from you guys next week What is up, you beautiful creatures? I'm over here at episode number five. Uh, I'm right next to my good friend that I have met now a couple months ago, actually. And uh, I know it is a little awkward sometimes to start with the episode. So trust <laughs> me, if you feel awkward, I feel awkward myself too. <laughs> All the time that I have to like speak. Just imagine the first episode I had to do. But today, I'm going to be uh, right next to my friend Michelle, and uh, she has an amazing story for you guys, and I'm just going to give her the stage, I'm going to put her in the spot, I'm just going to ask a couple of questions, but I'm going to make her feel comfortable right now. He's going to make me squirm in my seat. (laughs) (laughs) So, Michelle, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm actually tired a little bit. As we know right now, currently we're doing it in uh, the apartment, but it's like about almost 100 degrees outside. So I don't think I was thinking of doing the episode outside until I was outside. And I was like, this is not happening. Sounds like the worst idea ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were we were out until late yesterday too. A little bit too late, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like being out till two. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never been out until two, actually. It's been more like... Later? Not later. <laughs> Definitely not later. But, um, yeah, so I pretty much, like, tell tell me... You have a great story, by the way, so I'm not even going to say anything. I just want to I wanna hear about you. Okay, so <laughs> I'm beginning from the beginning? No, I mean, obviously you have... A story, you have something that you do, you have a certain passion, and out of everybody that's been here, I think you have a unique passion because it's something that's very important also to me, which is food. Um, You know, and I think I love food, but you have managed to do it with a passion with food and nutrition and kind of like apply that into what you want to do with uh, your social media and what you have. And I think that that is one of the strongest things that I've known about you. Uh, not really kind of like the fitness aspect. Yeah. And I think when we met, it was in a photo shoot that we met mm-hmm. at 4.32. And uh, I really thought that you were just an influencer, to be honest. <laughs> Which yeah. is not a bad thing. You Call know? myself an anti-influencer. Yeah, yeah an anti-influencer. But, but, you know, right now, inf- being an influencer is such a big thing now in Instagram. It's such a common thing, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's an, inst- an influencer. Um, but I have nothing in terms to be influenced by unless it's food that's yeah. kind of like the first thing i get in more or motivation right so let's start from the beginning with you okay how i guess how i got 
into the food part or um, just my upbringing? Probably, <laughs> also, too, well, I mean, there's a few stories that I want to hear from you in terms okay. of, like, your background. So you're half Peruvian. Half Peruvian. Uh, dad's Peruvian. Mom was born and raised in Brooklyn, but her family's Ukrainian, Jewish. Um, so it's an interesting mix there. Now, were you, were you born here? I was born in Connecticut. Okay. <laughs> Very basic of me. Um, <laughs> born in Connecticut. Uh, lived in Jersey for most of my life. And actually, at this point, not really. Uh, lived in Jersey growing up. Um, and then did a two and a half year stint in Peru. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to make it too close. Yeah. It's perfect there. Did a two yeah. and a <laughs> Nice, loud voice. You know, you know what? I just never know. <laughs> um, yeah. I did a two and a half year stint of living in Peru. And then didn't really work out. Um, so we came back and then, yeah, I moved to New York when I was 18 and I've been here ever since. Since 18. So wait, so you went mm-hmm. back. Okay. So your, your mom is Peruvian. Dad is Peruvian. Your, your dad is Peruvian. So did you move with your family? With Whole your dad? family. Yep. Whole family yes. for two years. Did you go to school there? I did. Um, so I didn't speak Spanish at the time. Whatever I learned was all from school, uh, in Jersey. Uh, but basically what happened was... My dad, because he didn't speak to us when we were younger in Spanish, mm-hmm. so he just threw us in an all-Spanish-speaking private school, just thinking that we'll pick it up. And of course, it made us very behind in school, so we had to get tutors after school and English tutors, or sorry, Spanish tutors also, like not just for the work stuff, but for learning the language. Right. So it was a lot. Um, but then I did come back fluent, and then of course I lost it. How old were you when you went there? Um, I, I think I was around 10 or 11. 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask that because to me, it's the opposite of what happened, right? I came here, yeah. didn't know the language. Yeah. And, you know, my father kind of did the same thing to me. Like, he was like, yeah. first of all, he was like, just throw you First of all, he was like, you're not going back home. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Is this kidnapped? After, like, yeah, because I, I thought I was really here for just vacation. Yeah. So not going back and then him throwing me into into school um it wasn't a private school at first i think the first uh eighth grade i think was my last year there was a public school yeah. so i had to like learn the language but it was still harder because in a public school you have uh, how would i say this i wouldn't i wouldn't call them like like uh like little groups, yeah, like your punk rock group. Yeah, group yeah, 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 the so stereotypical, was, yeah, yeah. So I was like with the Spanish guys, and I was never really learning English. Yeah. But I got bullied a lot when I was in school, and it was hard for me to communicate, which engaged me into having fights all the time. That's yeah. kind of like my communication I had. Did you feel the same way, like when you were in like a different country, and also to like you kind of New America, like United, States, and you don't look Spanish at all? Oh God, not at right? all. So uh, uh, that you know, going to Peru, how did it feel? Did you feel awkward? Did you feel discouraged in school specifically? In sc- specifically in school, because I mean, when you go home, you feel comfortable. With yeah, it. you're surrounded by people that you love, and you're surrounded by people that is just called your family. So whether you know the language or not. It's a certain type of like um, comfort, yeah. Uh, compared to like going to school and kids are looking at yeah. you and they're looking at like up and down, yeah. and you know how the girls are. Oh yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> um, no, I actually I had a great experience in school. Um, I guess we were kind of like the aliens, you know what okay. I mean? Because people didn't know what to make of us. We look very white, <laughs> for for lack of a better term. Um, so yeah, so people basically. We really wanted to be our friends and they wanted to kind of get to know and understand us yeah. more because we were essentially aliens to them. That is so cool because yeah. it is true. Like when I went back, like I had to go back to my country for yeah. the first time. Mm-hmm. And actually they see it more as a cool thing to do. Like, oh yeah. man. Because to be honest, in South America, the word United States means a lot. It means the, the ultimate dream to be yeah. at. Uh, especially when I was growing up. So like someone coming from the United States you pretty much you put them in this pedestal of like yeah. man like they're awesome like they're great or they're coming from like this great country that we speak about they that we learn about yeah compared to like you being in the united states which yeah. you consider being the greatest country 
and people actually seeing like what are you you know that's yeah. kind of like the aspect I got it's like yeah. what are you doing in my country I can see that for sure and I was like you know and I felt more out of place than anything else compared to like the opposite so yeah. which is good because yeah. sometimes you know that's that's a good rep I'm, I'm not saying that bully <laughs> doesn't exist in every yeah. single country yeah. but I'm saying that's a good rep in terms of like your experience because yeah. you can actually say you had a good time yeah it was a good experience and actually like 10 15 years later they all added me on facebook and instagram oh, nice, so nice. like we kind of keep in touch are through you, that channel are you still close with them are you still uh, no because it was such a small glimpse in, of my life but like occasionally they'll ask me questions on my fitness things or my food things and so we kind of stay in touch that way which is kind of cool and one of them is actually very involved in the fitness aspect she does I think she has like capoeira or how oh, you nice. that. Yes, capoeira. Yeah, that. You would know better than me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she posts really cool videos of her oh, doing, nice. I don't know, interesting things. Has any of your friends came to the United States or? No, just my cousins and nieces and nephews have oh, come right. to visit. Okay. Yeah. So in those two years, so it took you two years to learn the language itself or was it like, so you have private tutoring. Mm -hmm. So how was outside school? How was how like did you? What was the if you if I had to really kind of like ask you a question in terms of like what was what was your best experience out of those two years that you kind of like cherished the most? Um, it was, I mean, it was a hard country growing up though. Well, for those two two and a half years because. Obviously, it's it was dangerous at the time, uh, so we always had to have a bodyguard around us and all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah but and you know, my dad and his family were because my uncle was the economics minister of Peru, so it was an affluent family and all that stuff. So there was extra risk of like if we would get kidnapped and things like that. So that was kind of something that we had to worry about. Yeah, but. Which is, it was big back in the day. Yeah, it was big back in the day. Um, yeah, so that was a whole thing. But, you know, never had a dangerous experience there to, that I can remember anyway. Um, Thank God. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to say like you were in the high class type of environment. Yeah. Right? But you were also considered a target. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's pretty much because it's anything. Because if I'm thinking right, the years of... In those years, I think that's when we had the, like the shining path. Or, yeah. I think it was right before that because I think when I moved there, Fujimori was no longer president. I think. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> He's still considered one of the best yeah. presidents, I think, in Peru. But yeah. a lot of people hate him. Like, yeah, it's because, like yeah. I'm not too much into politics. I know that he was like he was just considered a badass when I was growing up. Yeah, well, because he got rid of the shining yeah. path and yeah. kind of cleaned up Especially, Peru and got rid of because the. the police there were also very corrupt and also too like but then you find out like i think it was like 10 years later like that he was actually in it with it like, yeah, yeah, yeah and then you're like all right so it took you 10 years to, it, yeah. so sometimes i'm like oh, whatever yeah. but uh, did you travel anywhere um besides peru and south america when i lived there no i mean i have in my later years like as an adult but when i was living there we mostly traveled within peru because there's all these like cool beach day trips that you can go on yeah. so we did a lot of that on the weekends so I'd say that was my most positive experience and I got to see Shakira before she got famous because oh, she played right. when, she the had the black, when she had yeah. like, the black hair yeah and she yes. was doing like the, the belly dancing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of people was like you know her I was like I didn't know her but I know who she was yeah 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 so she was she was pretty big yeah. back in the day too she like, played like, in the mall yeah 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 <laughs> she was so young too like, yeah um, now so your dad is into politics uh, he is not now. He's not. Okay, so, all right. How is, like, the dynamic, like, now, so, <clears throat> was that the only time you guys moved from one country? Like, that was your biggest change in terms of, like, uh, uh, moving? Yes. Or being in, in, on the move as a family? Yeah, so that was our only time that we've moved as a family, and we kind of left our dad there and never spoke to him since. So he <laughs> stayed there. He stayed, and he didn't reach out after that. But he did try to prevent us from leaving the country. Really? <laughs> he wow. did. Wow. Um, so, you have siblings? I, I do. I never asked you that question. Yeah, I have two sisters. Two sisters. So are you yeah. the youngest or? Middle. Middle? Middle. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, like, how's your relationship with your sisters? Um, it's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> one of them is a little strained because we didn't really grow up with her, so she moved back with us to New Jersey, but okay. she ended up getting involved in the wrong crowd. 
getting involved in drugs and, you know, it kind of made her pretty crazy and cops would be at our house all the time. So my mom couldn't handle her, so she sent her back to Peru. So my older sister grew up in Peru and then me and my younger sister grew up with our mom. And her and I are very close. We've been to war and back together, so it feels like. Wow, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That's, I, I, I love hearing stories about siblings because I only have half-brother. Yeah. Uh, half-brother and two half-sisters, but never really was close in terms of a relationship. Yeah. But half my life, I was like the only boy, single child. So it's yeah. it's so interesting to find out like relationship between siblings and like at least some of them are really bad and some of them are like, oh, we are just like best friends. And some of them are like, I... I fucking hate my brother or sister. Yeah. You know. Well, you always go through those phases for <laughs> sure. It's always up and down. I know, I know. And now I'm stealing th- someone's clothes. <laughs> throughout throughout the years, what, so you would you, so you came back here and it was just you, your sister, both of your sisters. Both of my sisters initially, and then just me, my sister, and my mom. And your mom. Um, <clears throat> what, did you have any aspirations? So I mean, I always ask this question mm-hmm. because sometimes. It's so interesting to find out everybody. Uh, I have yet to find someone that, like, growing up was like, I'm going to be a doctor, and they actually yeah. end up being a doctor, let's say, right? Yeah. Um, but did you have an idea? Did you have anything? Did you uh, go moving back and forth? Because when you moved back in here, you uh, was it easier to kind of, like, transition from Spanish to English once you came back in here? Um, I mean, I mostly kept up with English when I was in Peru. Um, so that was like fully in my, so yeah, I don't know. So I, it was I a never, smooth transition. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Except for in school, when I came back, I was very behind in school because people were on a whole different other, um, level. I, yeah, like the course. And- yeah. So I, I never got held back, but I, I think there was fear that I would because I was not, you know, close and you know, my education level wasn't as close to the other people in my grade, but then eventually I ended up catching up after really putting in the work. (laughs) Which is good to hear they allow you, even though you're held behind, they allow you to kind of like speak things up. Yeah. Uh, As in South America, you're like, you're held back, you're held back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there was no like, oh, yeah, you're going to take extra classes. No, it was just like, you're going to stay here for the rest of the year. Yeah. I thought I was going to have to go a grade behind. And imagine, like, not being able to be in class with my friends and seeing them above me. That like, is, that'd that be is, so awkward. That happened to me. That happened yeah. to me. And it was not cool. <laughs> um, when you came back, though, like, when you came back here, um, were things a little bit more rough in terms of, like, you know, continuing with your schooling and, and really, like, how how mm-hmm. your father... So, your father wasn't here. Mm-hmm. So, how was the relationship in the household? Was it, like, comfortable? Was it something that felt broken to you? Or was it something that it was, like, it did affect you and you channeled that throughout your life? Um, let's see. So, when I... I never considered it broken only because I... He kind of ruled by fear he wasn't the the most kind father I'd I'd say he was pretty abusive and so it was kind of like a relief to move back from that and then we had to come back without any money so it was like the clothes on our back essentially so we yeah we had to live in friends homes initially and whatever apartments we could find kind of thing and my mom had to try to find work or try to get money however she could not in a inappropriate way <laughs> let me clarify um uh but yeah no she had to take odd jobs and work in the mall and things like that um Were just you working or i was, was too she young done? was she the only one working your older sister also was like helping in. my older sister was not and, and she was still only 15 and oh, she lived in okay. peru um and then, yeah, I was, I would have been 13 at the time, oh, yeah. so I was too young, but I would take, you know, babysitting jobs and uh, dog walking jobs and things like that. I was the uh, local babysitter. Everyone would always ask me to watch Which their kids. awesome, yeah. yeah. At that age, like, yeah. you know, 13 to 15, even moving forward. Yeah. I, I think as a female, I think babysitting is like... Yeah, really it's good. easy money. Easy, easy mm-hmm. money, but it's a well, good job. Well, kind of. It's a, yeah. good, it's a good job in terms of like... 
transitioning and helping or learning what it is to work, right? Yeah, um, exactly. I had a babysitter. Caring for another human. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> None of the babysitters want to take care of me, I'll tell you that. And, and my mom had a had an issue with that because I was just too much of... I was a lot of work. You were unruly. Yeah, I was I was, I was. was a lot of work to the point of it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry. But now that I think about it as a man, I'm like, man, I was a dick. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was always the innocent, good child, always doing the right thing. So I was quite the opposite. Now I'm like a mess. <laughs> no. I'm but like, So it took you now, obviously you were going to school and everything. Um, so this is kind of like where it gets interesting because now I'm learning a little bit more about you. Yes. In terms of like, and, and I'm kind of putting one and one together here. So how was how was the lifestyle in the house? Um, you know. Especially once you first got the house, right? Because obviously. Yeah, because we weren't yeah, living yeah. in our own place. Well, that's where it got interesting because my mom so she ended up not really being around that much um it was usually just me and my sister and um you know she met her now husband who they've been married for a long time but he had an alcoholism run in his family and that was kind of a thing that my mom ended up adopting she always kind of adopted traits or bad traits that her husbands or boyfriends had so Hers was alcoholism in this one, and the previous one was smoking with my dad. Um, but yeah, so she wasn't really around. She would kind of disappear for days or sometimes a week. We wouldn't really hear from her, so that was kind of hard. Like, we struggled with that a lot. And how was that between... Did that obviously bonded you more closer to your sister? Absolutely, uh, yes. In terms of, like, you know, sticking together and everything, mm-hmm. which is, like, something that... You know, I would expect. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that bonded us closer. And then when my mom married my stepdad, things only got worse because then it was two people drunk in the house together at all times. And it was a lot of with us. Like it was always, um, not to get into too much of it, but it was always them being on the attack with us and trying to, you know, make us feel really bad about ourselves and pick apart our character and make us feel really insecure and things like that. So it wasn't really... The most ideal situation, right. <laughs> but you know that's why we kind of want to move out as soon as we could. So I moved out when I was 18, 19, and 18. that was when I was in college. And my sister and I did it together. We literally just had a friend with a truck, and he helped us move all our stuff, and we got a place. And so, okay, so <clears throat> while while all this is happening, yeah, what, what was your mindset? Your your mindset was. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Oh, it was get me the hell like, out of here. That's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. wasn't, wasn't thinking about, like, this is the college I want to go to. This is what I want to I was in college at the time. But when before this you moved in, when did she get married? When you were in high school? She or? got married when I was in high school. Okay, so mm-hmm. obviously... So I was with them for that. You were already kind of, like, in that position of, like, I don't like you. I don't have a good relationship with you. Uh, it, it seems like it was more negative in terms of, like anything that you tried to do and achieve in school was not something that was you were doing it to make her proud but to just with the mission of like I need the grades to be in college and then after college like as soon as I started being able to work like do you have a plan like as soon as I'm able to work make money talk to my sister and get the fuck out I mean so for me I've been I've been working in a restaurant that whole time since I was since I guess whatever I guess 16 Um, so for me I was always making money anyway which is great saving that up but you know I didn't really realize because it wasn't always bad like it it wasn't 100% of the time that it was awful there was you know my mom could be very supportive and very sweet it was only when she was drinking yeah drunk essentially that it things were a problem but no it wasn't always like that and I have very fond memories of her when she was a normal mother but it's just at the point now where you know her and I don't have a relationship now but anyway going back to all that um before I skip ahead um (laughs) no uh I wasn't like desperate to get out of there I like had a I had a good life like I have great friends there and uh, a lot of them moved out by now but uh no I enjoyed my life there when things weren't so hostile um and I guess when I realized I could have freedom when I was going into college, that's when I was like, I want to get the hell out of here. Right. I wasn't always desperate to do it. And to be honest, I wasn't very studious in high school anyway. It wasn't a thing for me that I was... Unfortunately, it's not something I really wanted to 
put time and effort into. I. You just wanted. Just you have just fun. wanted to change. You wanted to have fun. Well, everybody at that age, I think, yeah. eighteen. The second you smell freedom, because I moved out when I was eighteen too. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, I was very under control of my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would do whatever he tells me, and I had so much respect for him. But I was also afraid of it. But at the same time, building that respect also came down with the fact that I did not like his ways, mm-hmm. and I disapproved of it. And I, I felt like I had no voice of like, hey, can I say something about this? Can I do something for myself yeah. without you telling me no? I'm not gonna be able to do it. Yeah. So for him, it wasn't alcohol that re- but actually alcohol made him nicer. Ah, uh, that's okay. See, which is Point the opposite. opposite. Yeah. Which is worse because when you're sober and you're hearing your your loved ones say things that you don't want to hear from a sober person it hits you differently compared to drunk right a lot of people say it's like when you're drunk the truth comes out and obviously my dad never meant it in a way of hurting me but he did not know you know and sometimes that happens he never had another kid it was just me so I'm sure he was also it was a growing pain yeah and I, I met him when I was 14 so I was already like in that mindset of like I'm not gonna I'm not just gonna sit here and yeah. listen to you tell me what to do because it's not gonna happen that way but he didn't understand that way so for him it was always kind of negative in a way even though a lot of people tell me that it's not but it was <laughs> negative because I would be like I always wanted to make him proud yeah and you never felt like you it just, I just never, yeah. and when I moved out though I felt like I had so much freedom that I just got blasted with so much, I just didn't know what to do. Which, yeah. you know, I got off the grid. I did things that I wasn't. Not, not I didn't never. I never did drugs. Yeah. I never did drugs, yeah. and I'm glad that I never did. I was yeah. just never attracted to it. But like drinking, hanging out with your friends until late, and then yeah. you know, the party scene, yeah, and but, clubbing. But I wasn't in college. Ah, right. Well, hello, but there's you, fake IDs. <laughs> I mean, I had no papers. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was still yeah. like non-existent here, so like, yeah. I knew that my dad had that on me. Yeah. I just refused that. But for you, uh, did you? So when you went to what college did you go to? I went to LIM. It's a business fashion school in Upper Manhattan. So I wanted to be um, a wardrobe stylist on movie sets. That was kind of my ideal. Really wanted to do it. When, when did that mind, like when when did that happen to you? Like in high school, like towards the end of high school, I was like, "This is something I really want to do. I think it would be very cool." Um, and then I, when I was in college, I took a job working as an assistant on commercial sets to a stylist. It was actually a woman I used to babysit her kid, oh, and nice. she was a stylist. I think that's probably how I initially wanted it to do it because I thought it was very cool and glamorous, and it wasn't. <laughs> very long hours, a lot of buying a lot of cheap clothes and returning them after and hoping that they take them back um oh yeah it was it was not the most fun job but it was a cool experience it was like my first taste of you know doing i guess realizing being in it and then changing my mind and being like oh well what am i gonna do now hence i guess midway through my college experience i ended up being more interested in finance i found i was doing a lot better in those classes and i liked math a lot more funny enough because it wasn't that way in high school and then yeah my first job out of college was finance and I'm still so in were, it so you were interested in finances you had an attraction to it it's not in college it develops it developed in the and and, and <clears throat> but now here's here's where everything changes now right? <laughs> it changes so much it's, it changes <laughs> a lot because <laughs> You're into finance, and while you're into finance, how long have you been working in finance? Um, overall, uh, I mean, I, I've been working in it since I was, since I'm, what, when did I graduate? Like 22, 23? Um, so, eight years now. Okay, out of those eight years, which ones were your best years? I mean, um, sometimes you just think about it, because it's, within those years, that's when you're like, hmm, I don't think this is for me. Like, it's not something that I'm attracted to anymore. You know, I don't, for me, it was more when I worked at a fintech startup for a year and a half that I was like, nope, this is definitely not me. But my job that I have now, I don't mind it. It's not like I go to work 
threading it. And I love everyone that I work with, in case you guys listen to this. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be in this bar and be I'm like, hey, hey, listen, do you hate your job? <laughs> I freaking hate it. And then I'm just like, I'm going to be like, no, uh, you know, and then get you into trouble. No, no. You, obviously, you like what you do. Yeah, I like you know, what I it's do. It's pleasant. Right. But obviously, I have an actual passion. It actually did develop from working in finance. Um, there is a thing like at my first finance job, there's a thing called, it was called GFI, the company, and there's a thing called the GFI 15. You can only imagine that means 15 pound weight gain. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I did get that because, I mean, it was very, it was an unhealthy lifestyle. Granted, it was a lot of fun, you know, having, being young and having access to a corporate card and taking clients out. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. Yeah. And, you know, you lose track of taking care of yourself at some point and you know you're going out to all hours of the night not sleeping and then in the morning the brokers are ordering chili cheese fries and chicken fingers and everything unhealthy as like and hangover you, and food and you eat it too of course I was gonna eat it why okay I love so, chicken uh, fingers and mozzarella sticks <laughs> oh, really? my old self did <laughs> so so while you're going through all this all these changes what um all right, so you're eating unhealthy mm-hmm. and uh, skin's terrible, energy's terrible, brain. How foggy. did you feel? So was it something that it was just like so? Uh, because obviously, what, what what started to change in you? Like, were you active when you were young? Did you do any sports when you were like? Was it something that was in you all the time? Or I what I liked to run when I was younger, but I played lacrosse and soccer. Obviously, those are the, some of the sports that have more running in it, but. I was not an athlete by any means, never was a starter, uh, didn't really know what I was doing. I wasn't interested, but I liked going on hikes and runs when, you know, just on my own. Do you like to be active? I like to be active. Without thinking, without having the mindset of like, oh, I'm working out, which yeah. is kind of like everybody's Yeah, it now. wasn't my passion when I was younger, that's for sure. Okay. And it, I would say when I, when I first realized I needed to make a change, I didn't know it was a diet-related change I needed to do, I just noticed I gained a lot of weight, and I... Everyone at the on the desk at the time. So when I say desk, it just means uh, I work in foreign, foreign exchange, and everyone in that market, for the most part, that I work on. So, so the desk is like ten people that work on one product, essentially. So everyone on that desk was kind of going through the same like, oh my god, we all need to make a change. Let's start doing races together. So we all started. We signed up for New York Roadrunners, and we started doing five Ks, and then ten Ks, and then eventually half marathons. And I did. Train. Have any experience with the running, or was it just like for fun? It was just for fun. I wasn't a like a competitive runner when I was younger, but I found myself really liking it and getting high on the endorphins, so to speak. And but I did notice, you know, yes, I lost some weight, but it wasn't enough to, you know, justify how much I was running. I I didn't know what else, what other changes I needed to make, um, but I did like it, and it was great doing it in an organized fashion with everyone because it you know, brought the team closer together. Um, and then I did train for a full marathon. The one in New York City? The you one did. in New York City. You did it? Uh, so here's the thing. I got up to 18 miles, but then, and it was a few days before the marathon, no. and it was the year Hurricane Sandy hit. Oh, so then it got canceled. No. Granted, I was still going out a week or two leading up to like drinking and having fun a week or two leading did up to it. they give you the opportunity to race the next year? They did. They, uh, they gave you... A voucher towards certain money off of it so you still have to pay again um, or I think you got a refund and then the next year you okay. have an entry spot but then you still have to pay with a di- at a discounted rate okay. and then I was like you know what I trained a lot that year and I don't really feel like doing it again so I kind of decided that's not really the path I wanted to go and then I found the group fitness class uh, lifestyle so to speak um, and that really intrigued me. I started off on ClassPass when it was unlimited for only $99. And that kind of made me a junkie. I don't, I don't remember ClassPass back in the day being unlimited. It was unlimited for $99. So me and my friends were probably the ones that probably got me in trouble. <laughs> we took yeah. advantage. Every, we went twice a day. Which is the, the smartest thing to do, Twice right? a day. And that made me a junkie for workouts. So let me ask something now. Like, okay, so you, you're working out. You're starting to run and everything. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see some some changes in you in terms of just losing some weight did you feel like so a lot of people will do like all right so i ran seven miles this this week every day and i lost like two three pounds if i run 10 miles every day i'm gonna lose this much weight so 
you are over training you're training on a way that you just want to do more because you've seen results but now you want to see results faster and you do it more and more and more and more until you create injury or something else mm-hmm. did you feel that way did you feel like oh okay i'm seeing some change with me let me do more well Yes, and which is where class pass came into play because I was overdoing it on class pass. But with the running is when I got the most injuries. Like I would get shin splints and I would get tendonitis in my feet and have to get the cortisol shots and all that. So for me, I was like, that's really not the path I want to go. So then that's when I did the complete overhaul to overdoing it on class pass. But knock on wood, I don't have wood here. (laughs) But (laughs) but uh, (laughs) I did. I haven't gotten an injury yet from the things I've been doing and. Uh, yeah, but I guess dur- during that time, I as much as I was working out and being healthy, I wasn't. I didn't overhaul my diet yet, and I was having really serious stomach problems. They developed. Um, I was just getting really sick all the time. After every meal, I would have to. Sorry, guys, I'd have to run to the bathroom a lot. Um, but it was very uncomfortable. I'd have cramps all day, and they were like. I would curl over in pain over it. Were you still working out though? I Even was, though you weren't eating as well? I was well. still working out. So you so, so, you just were already in that habitual lifestyle of like, mm-hmm. I need to work out, I just want to work out, I just want to yeah. work out. Even though I didn't probably eat for seven hours or even though I have a stomach cramp or anything. Oh, I ate all right. I just didn't eat the right things. So developing all that. Now, you're, you're developing a, a passion towards fitness. Did you had an intrigue or curiosity of like, oh, I want to be a trainer or I want to teach people or I want to do this, I want to take it to that level or were you just like, you know what, I like doing it for myself and for myself only and it's not selfish. Yeah. Oh, I was some, selfish. No, but I, I mean, it is a selfish yeah. mindset which yeah. is okay because you're thinking about yourself. Well, I didn't know that much about it at that time, okay. right? Like for me to be able to expand my knowledge to people was just more... I was feeling good while I was doing it and I didn't really I didn't really consider training anyone or anything like that. It was more it was a group activity I could do with friends. Like my best friend Christine, her and I would go to classes all the time together and it was like a nice bonding thing to do where we weren't drinking and being unhealthy, you know? We could do that and, you know, try out different classes and have fun with it. Um so it was a mix of that and Again, I didn't really know what I was doing, like, and I didn't know how to weight train or any of that, uh, so I couldn't really just go to the gym and do my own thing until I actually met a bodybuilder who was willing to show me the ropes. So that was, oh, yeah. oh that I mean, was, that's that's the best way to go. I know, I know. He trained me for a few months. Today we're gonna do biceps and shoulders. No, basically, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly. It was such a mindset overhaul, it was, and I was like, what? Because he t- when you when I tell that to like my female clients, they're yeah. like, dude. I don't want my shoulders to be jacked in my arms. It's like, it's okay. And then it's like, they, we got to sit down and explain that to them. Yeah. But it's like, the bodybuilding mindset is completely different. Obviously, mm-hmm. you have CrossFit now. Now you have all this other yeah. stuff and niche and styles yeah. of workouts and everything. Where uh, the the differences between female and male uh, uh, fitness enthusiasts is most of the time. I don't say all of them, but like fe- females is most all, all about like... Not just looking good, but looking good in terms of like just small, tone, exactly yeah, like right. life or how you pronounce that. And you know, compared to like some physiques that I see with CrossFit, um, it's like bulkier. It's bulkier, but look, you're gonna get all those changes because of what you do in that certain type of like workouts and, 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 and style that you do, yeah. right? So it's not something that they just go like, oh yeah, I'm gonna. My mindset is to get jacked. Yeah. No, my mindset is to do this amount of exercise and this amount of time yeah. what do I need to do to get there yeah. and they start creating that physique a lot of people are like oh I don't want to look like that well maybe they're not looking to look like that they're just looking for to perform at that level yeah which gives you you know what I mean you develop yeah. something yeah you and, know what I mean but also I do think that that's why women get scared to weight train and yeah. you know I don't think that I like that's their visual yeah. yeah like I for me and women, just if you're listening to this, I hope you are. Um, for every pound of muscle you put on, you burn 50 more calories a day. So you also burn Look fat. That. Dropping some knowledge. Dropping some knowledge. I love it. <laughs> you know, and I met a lot of people that lift nice, strong weight. You including, yeah. where. You don't look like you're lifting 50 pounds and you're just like... 100, you know, thank or, you very much. Or 100. <laughs> but like, you know, I see a lot of girls that do like their... And they're ambassadors for yeah. other like female, very like, you know, Lululemon and mm-hmm. like 
it's it's which I'm gonna have her in here if she has uh, the time. But she, you know, people just like in terms of like they're strong enough, but they don't. But they're very feminine looking. Yeah. Which is good, but a lot of females see cross and mm -hmm. they see this niche. Or women like, who take supplements, right? Like. um steroids like there's a lot of women who do oh, it yeah. and like you a woman's body will never be like that naturally yeah you know and, and i met a couple of you know and they're trainers and and coaches and they have their mindset set up for something else mm -hmm. everybody's goals completely different and yeah. then that that's what it comes down to is like you want to look bulkier like you have a mindset of getting bulkier yeah losing weight but you have a mindset of completing something at what you want to do a challenge yeah you might develop something that's going to get you to that goal but the, the sacrifices you might look different yeah you know and that's that's kind of like the achievement behind it yeah um but going back to you in this we did get sacrificed <laughs> we went on such a, such a tangent the, yeah um, um but back to the where i, I guess the, where i developed the need to change well, my I was, diet i was maybe? gonna ask you the, like i was gonna ask you it's like so growing up because I, i'm sure it pretty much probably started when you were younger also too your diet your way of eating your eating habits were not as great because sometimes when you you know, your eating habits are not great when you are not poor, but when, yeah. you know, money is an issue, your eating habits mm -hmm. is going to be different. A lot of processed yeah. foods, lots yeah. of hot dogs. And it's not, it's not like we asked for it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah. oh yeah, tonight I'm going to have hot dog. You're, as a parent, you're like, this is the only thing I can give you. Yeah. There's a difference on that. Yeah. Um, was yeah. that also like something that kind of like turned you around and started thinking I want to eat healthier or I just want to eat better? Um, that wasn't, I would say the, what I was eating when I, cause also there was no knowledge about, you know, you didn't really fully know what that food, like those foods were doing to you. Yeah. So it wasn't something that I equated to for whatever stomach issues I was having. Um, but I, I would say it wasn't until I started reading this book, am I allowed to yeah, name plug it, uh, Genius Foods. And that kind of changed my outlook. Who's and my, the author for that? You know? uh, it's Paul Graywall and Max Lugavere. Okay. So it was on the New York Times bestseller for a really long time. And my friend Francia is the one who told me about Max Lugavere in the first place. And um, then as soon as their book came out, I bought it, read it, and then I started changing my diet because a lot of the principles that they said make sense. It's about how to feed your body to affect your mind and your brain because I was going through all that brain fog like I would right. pick up my phone to go do something and then forget what I was doing and then just to put it down and get frustrated and you know I was very forgetful and then the stomach issues and then as soon as I cut out the carbs and the grains and you know my diet is mostly now keto sometimes paleo just depends on how I'm feeling but I try to stay more keto um, whole foods only um, but once I did that my stomach problems went away, um, and then I my mind was so much clearer. It really overhauled my total outlook on the way that nutrition fuels the body. So you actually started paying attention more towards nutrition for you. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes, uh, actually nowadays, nutrition mm -hmm. is close to being in that subject of politics and, and religion because it's oh, such yes. a delicate subject. Everyone fights about it, yeah. You, you know, if, when someone says, I'm a vegan, Boom, yeah. people like why or if you're yeah. keto or this and that yeah. and it becomes this battle of like why are you doing this to yourself or whatever and instead of like Just you know what I respect exactly. I respect what you do yeah. it's your body you can do whatever you want exactly. with it exactly you know if it's giving you positive yeah. results for you everyone's body's where, different where, yeah. where you know a doctor can tell you hey yeah your, your blood sugar is good you're this and this and that yeah. then keep on doing it if yeah. it you know what i mean if it doesn't break why like why you know what is it i forgot the saying if it's not broken don't fix it that I, one i think so something <laughs> I mean, i'm really bad with my my quiz i gotta change that it's okay i always <laughs> i always mess them up i butchered them oh so, yeah <laughs> you were developing so now you're transitioning from fitness which you're already into fitness and then mm -hmm. you go into uh food um and obviously, were you developing more of a passion towards food because you were actually getting better results mm -hmm. for yourself? Not just the way I looked, which it, it helped my physique a lot, but for me, it was more how I felt. And that's really what was the major change for me. And that was what really got me to be like, why don't I share this knowledge with people? Because right. it was so enlightening for me. So how long you been really into more into your food and also like how long, how long has it been? 
I want to say like two and a half years. Two, two and a half. So, okay, so, or it's, which is good because the reason I'm saying that is because sometimes people develop it way before like Instagram, Facebook and all that mm -hmm. and you already have that outage of like once that information is given. So when you started developing all that, were you uh, affected by Facebook, Instagram, social media in terms of like dieting? Was it a little bit difficult for you? In terms of like just like oh, I'm gonna do paleo today, but you look and you scroll down to your Instagram and something comes up that is negative towards paleo. Like, was it something very conflicted for you, or was it just you were just like, you know what, I'm gonna do this for myself. Whether I see it and and other things, I'm gonna keep and I'm gonna trust my process. I was the latter, so I wanted to just trust the process, pick keto. And then kind of run with it and that was kind of and for me keto was the one that for essentially healed my gut health and yeah made me a lot more clear like mentally clear um so for me i was like i don't want to listen to the noise i'm just gonna stay in my lane and which do is that. like the best way to do mm -hmm. if your mindset is into something because sometimes you can split into different roads yeah. Just by looking at something that you, it's already like, it becomes like a ticking bomb in your head. Yeah, and then there's so much confusion, but it, that's not to say that I don't pay attention to the others, because I'm sure I can learn from the other diets. Like, I'm always learning, you know, there's yeah. so much information out there. And Have you ever thought of like, so when you start, you started cold turkey into keto or? Oh no, it was such a transition. Okay. I had a really hard time getting into it, because you get like the headaches from the sugar withdrawals and you know the carbs like you get so hungry and you crave it especially as a woman like you need your carbs oh, yeah. but then when you realize once a month you like yeah. how do that feel but you, probably everybody had to be aware I was just oh yeah I was I was you know <laughs> mood swings like I was just no shut the fuck you have just, no idea oh, I wasn't easy to deal with at that time I'm sure but then you know when I was always so hungry like all the time because I just couldn't be filled up fast enough but then how long did it take you to change it uh Maybe like uh, a week and a half to two weeks to really get it all out of my system and start feeling better. Um, did your body? Did you feel like your body was going through a withdrawal with the no carbohydrates? Well, 100%. I would say probably like your brain. Your oh, brain my is brain! Always like, where's oh, well, my the sugar? headaches, right? Because yeah. I like uh, that being said, though, I like leading up to this, I was still eating healthy for the most part, but I was eating quinoa and eating rice and thinking that was healthy. So I. And obviously, I have a big sweet tooth, so that was really hard to cut out. But um, yeah, where was I going with this? So you were. You oh yeah, but so it wasn't that hard of a transition. Like it could have been worse if I was eating all the junk leading up to it, but I wasn't. Like I was already kind of on the right track. You, I would say probably it's not that even that you were on the right track. You were determined. I was very determined. This is there's a difference of. I'm gonna change my diet just because I want to or I'm gonna change my diet because my life depends on it and it's because I'm looking for something positive for myself it's my life and it's my health I want to live longer this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it for I mean I'm yeah. sure you probably in the beginning be like I'm gonna do it for six months I'm gonna do it for a year or whatever it is yeah and if it's good and everything's working then this is the thing for me yeah and if it's not I change it to another diet yeah. was that like kind of like the thing yeah you were going I mean for? I I, I was actually pretty hopeful about the results on for keto. Like, I saw, you know, I was doing my research, saw body transformations and things. And, you know, I think for me, it was more, it wasn't, I would say me changing my diet, again, it wasn't for the way I looked. It was absolutely for healing whatever the stomach concerns, I whatever stomach things I had going on. That was my primary mindset. So I'm like, this seems like it's the one to go with. Because it's, you know, it's the elimination diet, essentially. Because um, you're really only eating limited on some vegetables. But, and I tried to not do as much of the cheese. Um, but it's a lot of meat and it's a lot of avocado. And I, I would stick with leafy greens and all that. Um, and then I ended up getting into making my own healthy baked treats. Like healthy brownies so this is where the question comes up because obviously you have a page called fit for foodies i do and um your decision wasn't to become an influence but actually just give out the information of what your what your road is in That's terms right. of like what you're going through and also to just kind of like i mean tell me something about it. i don't want to kind of like 
put in the spot on this one. But yeah. About Fit for Foodies? Fit, fit for Foodies. So like, how did that create it? Was that on the road with that? It cre- yeah. I mean, I Fit for Foodies came first before the diet and all that. I was... Because that was when I was working out and still eating unhealthy. Like, we're still fit, but we're foodies too. That kind of whole thing. So it wasn't wasn't healthy healthy food food initially. It It overhauled into that. I can eat pizza and work at the same time. Exactly. Like, look, I'm a cool girl. I could do both. You know? That type of Instagrammer. No wonder unfollowed. I was. (laughs) And let me tell you, that page is really cleaned up now. I got rid of all that stuff. Um, But no, I would still post things that I made and. My cooking was always healthy for the for the most part, um, but yeah, no, that's. But where where it did begin was with my friend Christine, because um, her and I were doing the class pass classes together, so we'd always post and like have right. a good time doing it. And then, um, I guess at one point it got a little bit more influencery and with the shoots and things and then she didn't really want to be in that realm of it and then I had another friend join who her and I met on a roommate app um and we didn't end up living together but we ended up having the whole fitness thing in common so her and I started off working out together and then we just wanted to kind of take it and go wild and so okay who's the most uh Interesting. Uh, like so. In other words, so like so. Uh, how's the dynamic work between these two in doing it, fit for foodies, and like really like what what's the work or what, what do you do with it? Like what are you trying to get with uh, fit for foodies? Um, for us, we just really want to show our audience that fitness and that fitness and wellness are very accessible mm-hmm. uh, for anyone like you can make small changes and it <laughs> you can make small changes and it affects it can affect you easily just by you know eliminating one thing at a time you know and so I I like posting a lot about the foods that I'm cooking because I just want to show you that you can make these at home it's super easy and just keep certain ingredients on hand at all times like lemons and garlic and fresh garlic and olive oil and you can make any dish taste delicious so then I I also do like to upgrade my dishes and you know pick a craving that I have like I know my sister loves chicken parm <laughs> it's her favorite dish so I can't I come up with healthier ways to incorporate that into your diet that way you kind of get rid of the the craving but still eat it in a healthy way uh so that's my big thing that i like to do um but then because i have a sweet tooth that's when i started doing it with more desserts and doing more baking so i love brownies and then i found this guy crosby taylor on instagram who oh, makes crosby taylor. You know crosby taylor yeah yes. so he makes these amazing uh fat-burning brownies, and I started recreating those, and then putting my own spin on it, and then making pro, like, different kinds of frostings that are, good, like, gut-friendly with collagen in them and things like that. So you, you're becoming more creative, and so I feel yeah. like you're having more fun with the food side. It's not as stressful for me. Yeah. At first, I was like, oh, am I going to do something wrong? But no, I'm getting more creative, and I'm having fun with it, and I'm taking unhealthy foods that you would think were, uh, like, cheat meals, and making them anti-cheat meals <laughs> and also tastes like you're cheating but you're not <laughs> uh, what are your future projects now with Fifth Foodies you obviously uh, are you thinking of doing because obviously when it comes down to Fifth Foodies also I mean not just Fifth Foodies but with food it's, it's like fitness it's visual yeah like you gotta see it you yeah. gotta see the process like yeah. is your main place going to be Instagram you're gonna grow from there and then eventually kind of like create something where you do like live videos because there's so many things you can so do many now, ways you can like go with just it. using Instagram because yeah. that's what a lot of people do like oh I have an Instagram account I have a YouTube account I have a Facebook account wouldn't it be better to kind of like master one first and then kind of transition into that because you can do so many things now with yeah. Instagram you can do videos you can do live videos you can do uh, IGTV, you, there's so much you can do with yeah. one platform. Yeah. So why transition to other ones? But for you, are you thinking of doing like live videos or like eventually creating something that you want to do like your own plan or? 
So what I actually... I want to say diet, but yeah. plan. So what I actually did a little stint in, and I have a friend who he loves my cooking videos, so he gave me this great idea, and I did try it out, but it's... <laughs> It got to be a little too much pressure, and I might revisit it, but he told me I should pick a menu at the beginning of, or post it at the middle of the week, a grocery list essentially, and then go live on a Sunday with my cooking. That way everyone has their that ingredients. awesome. I yeah. know. I did do it. Can, and you cook it like live. You like, cook it live, live, and people can do it. Do it. An yeah, and then people cook along with me. Yeah. So that was kind of the and idea. It's super creative. And it's, it's so also, creative. Too, it's a lot of engagement. It's engagement. The, the thing is also too, like you don't have to feel like discouraged. Like sometimes people get discouraged because like they go in live and there's only like one person, two people, yeah. three people, five people. Sometimes none yeah. show up on your live and be like, oh, I'm not important. It's not that. Sometimes like yeah. people do have lives. They don't spend too much time. But like whenever they have the chance and then they follow you, they'll, they'll watch it eventually yeah. afterwards. Yeah. But do you feel that pressure on it? Like, do you feel that or uh, or do you feel like more comfortable in front of the camera in terms of like doing it? I feel comfortable in front of the camera at this point. Like, I've been in front of the camera for quite a bit now. Um, so if I'm not comfortable right now, I'll never be comfortable. But no, I, like, I'm, I think when I was initially doing it, I was in a much smaller apartment. I literally had no, like, nowhere to actually chop my veggies so the the whole dynamic it just didn't work out for that apartment but i have a bigger kitchen now so for oh, me yeah it's beautiful kitchen thank you. Like, you can you can definitely do some serious can, content on yeah this. i could do some great content in this kitchen so i'm gonna i think i'm gonna revisit that i just got to get a little bit more organized with you know picking out my meals ahead of time because like i don't even know what, what i'm cooking tomorrow i meal prep for two other people um, they pay me to do their meals for them for only lunch. Um, that's what they ask for because they need a healthy option to eat while they're sitting at the desk. Um, but yeah, so I haven't even picked out what I'm going to cook yet. I usually kind of let inspiration strike. Um, but yeah, I have to get more organized about planning it ahead of time and then I can start posting those grocery lists and doing it along with my audience. Um, but it's cool though because I do get a lot of people asking me questions and saying, what's the best way to start keto and things like that. And it's nice to have positive engagement and people actually, you know, I haven't gotten any trolls yet. Maybe one, uh, but they don't really affect me. Like, yeah. stay in your lane, people. <laughs> I mean, you know, and also nutrition also too. Like, are you thinking of going for some type of schooling for nutrition? I Obviously, am. because to be a nutritionist, you need a master's degree. And one of the reasons also too yeah. is, is, a, is a very gray line for me to really tell people what to exactly eat right because obviously you need to be yeah that, that, that's not really on my pattern of, of a trainer yeah mm -hmm. i mean i can tell you the exercise suggestions or give you the macros yeah. and this is how many calories you can macros eat, are like, different for everyone right which is why it's hard too and it's like you know it, it, there's still a science behind that mm -hmm. but you know uh in terms of like but you know i have clients who will be like but what exactly I should be eating? I'm like, well, you're asking the wrong person because I'm yeah. not in a trip. And it's so hard to and say. And you that. love tacos. And I love tacos. You <laughs> know, pizza. you know, tacos is running for president. But um, I make mean tacos, by the way, with oh, a plantain shell. Any, anything that Let's has me the letter T S A tacos, we are G O good to go. <laughs> now, um, it's it's so much we, we we have so much to talk about because I know you're, you're evolving more now with the foodies yeah and, and I love being part of that because it's it's not just fitness that we relate to it's mm -hmm. I like uh, relating more also to with food because I have a passion for food too but it's good because our chemistry is based now on in terms of like if you need something with fitness I'm also there to help you out it's just like when I have need some help with like food. Uh, you know, I can always be like, while I'm looking at your stories, I'm like, that looks good, you know, yeah. and I have the intrigue uh, mentality of like, let me try to make that. Yeah. And it helps that, in, in especially how our network works, right? Yeah. Uh, any future mm -hmm. projects you have going on for like the, the rest of the year or something? Are you, are, what's, what's your vision with Fit, fit, fit for Foodies? Well, yeah, I actually have a few events I might be throwing. Um, I'm in the process of planning one of them out now, which obviously once it's all sorted, <laughs> you're getting the invite. Um, but so right now we're working with a brand called Snapback. If you guys don't know about them, it's a uh, compression workout leggings. Well, they have a full outfit and oh, shit. we got three minutes. All right, oh, uh, compression workout leggings and uh, 
basically that you, you can put these uh, therapy packs inside them and they can either be heated up for pre-workout to warm up the muscles or you put them in the freezer to cool off post-workout. So it, it's essentially like an ice bath, like directly on your legs. Uh, anyway, so I'm working with them, building content for them. And then I'm going to be doing, hosting this, uh, it's more of a biohacking uh, realm. So it's, uh, if you guys know the Wim Hof method yeah. of breathing. So I'm going to be hosting a Wim Hof education uh, class, so to speak, with uh, one of the, their top trainers. He lives in Netherlands. So he's going to be coming well, here for the weekend. That That's going to be either September 7th or 8th. Okay, so read that up September 7th uh, obviously I'm going to be posting all of that um, <laughs> this this has been great because I do want to ask you a lot of questions but we're I not going to do this we, we, we're going to ask I'm going to ask you this later on in other episodes but I want to put you in the spot sure. like if I had to like this, if you had to describe yourself with a word obviously it's the question I ask everybody what, 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 what would be the word? I would say that I'm very resilient resilient okay that's my word Wow, I, you know what? Maybe on another segment I'm gonna ask you why, but <laughs> no, I you're, love the no, word curious. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I am. How can people reach out to you? Um, so either by email, which is hello at fitforfoodies.co, or DM me on Instagram, either Michelle Bologna or on Fit for Foodies. If you have any questions. Nice. It was nice. Nice talking to you. See, so nice you to talk your to first you. podcast. It was. How did it feel? How did it feel? He, Actually, I'm not going to say it was going to be an inappropriate <laughs> joke. Um, I feel good. I'm, you know. Comfortable? I feel comfortable. Good. Did I sound comfortable? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there was good. a little touch and go moments so in there natural, somewhere. Natural, natural. But <laughs> thank you. This is this is all the time that we have, guys. Thank you very much for uh, this amazing time. Feedback. Make sure that you email me at unleashfit at gmail.com. You can also message me at unleashfit. Uh, you can always reach out to me. If you have any questions for Michelle, you can always email us and ask the questions. And I'll probably do like a Q&A later on. Um, and thank you very much for all this. Thank you very much, Michelle, for like taking your time to do this. And I appreciate it. Thank you for and having me. Yes, for sure. And you're definitely going to come back. I'm sure I'm going to have segments where I'm going to have more than one person in, in, the, in the episode. But looking forward to it. And Good luck with your fit and footies. Thank you. And I'm just so so proud of you. Oh, I'm I'm proud of you. All right, guys. Thanks, so I'll Dad. see you guys next week. Uh, say goodbye. Ciao.